LHFM Sport in association with Atlas Chartered Accountants, HK Post, Hornsby RSL and ISC Sports welcomes you to Splinters, your no-holds-barred sports podcast. Here's your host, the raging bull, Anthony Caruso. Good evening and welcome to Splinters, the bench podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com. Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, TuneIn, and all good podcast sites. Anthony the Bull Caruso back with you as we continue our preview of the summer of football for season 2021-22. And after the off during the off season, the announcement of the rebranding means that this time around we'll be talking about the A League Women's competition that will be starting up in a couple of weeks' time. The exciting news to come out of it as well is we are seeing an expansion of the competition. It will now be 10 teams this year, and further expansions will be occurring in the next couple of years. We'll be talking about which clubs they will be coming in over the next two years as we now start to see the A-League women's finally match the men's in terms of the clubs competing in the competition. I can't do this alone, so we will have a very special guest joining us here tonight, and what a guest we have. She is a former member of the Matildas back in the 2000s, part of that generation that really kick-started what we are seeing here today with the performance of the Matildas and anchoring themselves within the top five for women's football. A brilliant player in her own right and a mainstay of football throughout New South Wales as well. Gillian Foster, good evening and welcome to Splinters. Good evening, Anthony. Good to be here. Now, going through a bit of your experience, before we get into the preview, tell us what it was like going through that system with the Matildas and the opportunities you've had playing locally and internationally. Oh, it was a great um, opportunity for me, and I, I got to experience a lot of great things like the Olympics and the World Cup. And I also managed to get in one season of the W League, the first season I played for the... Um, Central Coast Mariners, who had one more season after that and then folded, unfortunately. We'd love to see them come back. Um, But, yeah, so I'm I'm happy I played in the old National Leagues and then got to experience the start of what what is now uh, the A-League Women's. Very exciting. Well, we can we can mention uh, very quickly that Central Coast Mariners are one of those clubs that is considering a return to the A-League women's competition, but we do have an expansion this year, so we'll be able to talk to about that very um, a little bit shortly, but you would be very satisfied knowing that the Mariners are now on the verge of returning to the A-League women's. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. I mean, over the last probably six or seven years, they've maybe even longer, they've been um, building towards coming back, um, yeah, with their, their local and their NPL representation. Um so that's, that's pretty good. If, if they come back, that would be great. Ten teams we've got to go through tonight. Plenty of names, plenty of um, transfers to go through, and so much so much to discuss. If you thought the A-League men's was big, this is going to be just as good. And no doubt, Gillian, you probably enjoyed the, um, the A-League men's along with your old friend Michael Lloyd Green joining us last week. <laughs> yeah, I did a bit of training uh, a while ago with Michael Lloyd Green. Um, yeah, I enjoy watching the A-League and, and the women's. Probably probably enjoy watching the women's more. So it is exciting that they're now called the A-League. Um, W-League probably more represents a country starting with W, so it makes more sense for them to be the A-League women's. And it um, yeah represents, I guess, that they're becoming more professional and more level with the men's in Australia. Well, with that, the referees are in the middle. The assistant referees are in position. The nets won't be... Uh, collapsing and a special nod to your special Central Coast Mariners. The Master Food sauce bottles are ready to give it their all as well. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Splinters. <laughs> I'm going to kick things off tonight with our first team in alphabetical order. The, uh, it is Adelaide United, coached by Adrian Stenter. They finished fifth last year. A couple of interesting transfers that, they, uh, that they've had, but just discussing their performance last year, Gillian, they were very unlucky to miss out, and they missed out on the finals by one on goal difference. Oh, look, Adelaide have always been an exciting young team, and they've also always been 
unlucky in, in their results and been quite close to, to having good seasons, but never really done much in the last few years. Um, be good to see who their new players are. I don't know a lot about their new players. Um, just looking through those, who they've signed up. No one that stands out to me. Um, is there any info that you have on, on their new signings? I have seen a couple of them myself. The two players who are transferred over from MPL New South Wales, Miranda Templeman, first off from the Football New South Wales Institute. Uh, part of that squad that really developed themselves um, along with Courtney Vine. Um, very young, fast, exciting team and really did put a few of the, the more established teams in NPL New South Wales women's to the sword with just sheer pace. Um, Shadine Evans uh, had been a mainstay of the Northern Tigers, has now got her opportunity to step up to Adelaide United, and they are looking... Um, now, they're going to be... It's sad for them that they've lost one of their players, but it's a great opportunity for Shadine to sort of make that step up. Um, the two players I'm very curious about, now that they're making a return to Australia, is uh, Natasha Bruff and Paige Haywood, who have had times playing overseas, Natasha coming from Alkmaar in the Netherlands and Paige Hayward coming from FFC Vorderland in Austria. So, as you said, it's traditionally been a very young team. That team's just gotten even younger. The only thing I think that's going to hurt them in particular is Maria Jose Rojas, their very dynamic Latina midfielder. Losing her is going to hurt their sort of transition from midfield into attack. Yeah, that's a massive loss for them. Uh, she's a fantastic player, and Sydney FC are very lucky to pick her up. Uh, they've also lost Charlotte Grant, of course, overseas to Sweden. Um, and as as we've seen, she she's a very exciting new player picked up by the Matildas. Yeah, absolutely, she's had the, she's had a great time in that squad in their recent series against Brazil. Um, this team is is okay. I think they're just lacking a bit of experience. They're going to be in that middle four. I think, again, battling for the finals. Is it enough to sort of get them over the line? I just don't know if they've got that experience to be able to to win those clutch moments. Yeah, they've always suffered from not having, um, well, in more recent years, they've suffered from not having the experienced players that they did have in the first few years. Um, Hopefully those players, they've, brought in from the NPL can bring some of that competition experience. Even if they're young, they'll be tough and, and they'll have that, that New South Wales competition experience that's, that really is vital, I think, um, at this level. Well, they, they do say that the NPL New South Wales and Victoria are the two best engine rooms in terms of developing talent, especially considering how tough the competition is. Oh, absolutely. New South Wales is, is far and above the other states in, in that, at that level. Um, and Victoria probably chasing up behind them, um, mainly due to the sheer numbers. But if if these two players um, are coming, or one of them coming out of the Institute, to be coming from the Institute or to get into the Institute um, shows that she's obviously got a lot of talent. So, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm excited about those two players, Shadeen and, and Evans and Templeman, see what they've got. The other two players, obviously, know from Adelaide, their their striker, Chelsea Dorber, solid with five goals without overly being outstanding. Emily Condon was very handy. She picked up four goals and two two assists as well. But the, the thing you worry about with them is that if they're throwing everything between those two, it makes defending a lot easier, which probably makes sense as to why they've gone out and gotten strikers, not only with... Natasha and Shadeen, but also with Paige and Georgia Beaumont as well, who they picked up from Moreton Bay United in M- in MPL Queensland. Yeah, I think um, Emily Connum's a great player. She's really just grown over the years. She's been in the competition uh, almost from the start. Um, her and Isabel Hodgson have been around a long time, and the team sort of is built around them now that they've lost all their older players. Um, Sean McLaren's a handy Goalkeeper to have too, um, but yeah, I don't know much about this other than Carlia Hogg. I've seen her before. Well, let's move on to the let's move on to the next squad. It is Brisbane Raw, managed by Gareth McPherson, and they were the surprise packet last year off the performance of Emily um, Gilnick, who banged away thirteen goals last year. The only player to go at a goal a game or better. She's she's a real talent. She's an amazing player. They're um, unlucky not to have her. Um, but yeah, they've brought in a couple of their best strikers from their local competition. So it'll be interesting to see 
the depth and, and the strength of that local competition by how good those girls are coming in. Uh, I believe they signed someone in the last couple of days as well. Um, i trying to think what her name was, Cannon or something like that. I don't know if well, you saw well, I haven't seen it, but, you know, keep an eye out for it because we're always up for rumours on this show. So we'll see how that, see how that goes there. Um, it was, you know, we mentioned em- Emily Gilnick. Obviously, she's off to Aston Villa. Best of luck to her. Absolutely brilliant. But there's a few other players who have been snapped up as well. Tamiki Yallop to West Ham United. Winona Heatley off to Vaxor in Sweden. And one that's probably sort of two that have sort of swept under the radar a little bit. Letitia McKenna off to Melbourne City and Sonny Franco to the Newcastle Jets. Yeah, Sonny's back down towards Sydney, closer to where all her friends are. Um, she'll be a bit of a loss, but, yeah, the big loss is, loss is obviously Yallop. Um, she's a dynamic um, attacking player that creates a lot of their goals. Um, but I'm really excited that Katrina Gorey's going to give it a go and come back in. She's training again. Um, so I'd be excited to see her. And Larissa Crum is always a fantastic striker. They, they never lack strikers in Brisbane. They've always got good players, and they're always coming up with new ones when they lose players. So um, the other one I'd be interested in is Katano, the Japanese player. I don't know anything about her, so it'd be interesting to see uh, what she's got to bring to the game. She's played a few years in, at, in the local comp, I believe, and they've brought her in. Well, we, we know the we know the impact that we've seen from the Japanese imports that have played in this competition, they've often ended up setting the, the game alight. So we've seen that with um, with Brisbane Raw. We've now got, we've also got it with Adelaide United, who've brought in Renault Omiya from South Melbourne. So I'm curious to see what it's, what it's how they're going to go with it. The other one I'm very curious about is Mia Bailey, who, like, like Miranda Templeman, has come up from the local football institute, this time the Queensland Academy of Sport. And as you said, you know, young talent coming in, with identifiable skills, it may take them a couple of years to get used to the the sheer physicality of of the A League women, but you get the sense they get settled in. They're going to be very difficult to handle. Yeah, um, is Mia Bailey a goalkeeper? Is that right? Yes, she is. Yeah, brilliant. They're always bringing in good goalkeepers. Um, but yeah, she's from the young Matildas, so or the junior Matildas. So it'll be interesting to see um, what talent they've got this year. The other one that comes to mind as well that they have to handle is Jake Goodship. He's, re- he's resigned from the position of manager, and it's um, Gareth McPherson coming on board this year. Jake's had a couple of very good seasons with the Brisbane Roar. Uh, so Gareth coming in now is going to make things uh, very difficult in terms of how they transition there. I see them dropping back from second place. I think they're going to finish in the middle four, but they will still remain competitive. Oh, look. You can never count Brisbane Roar out. They're always competitive. They always fight, and they've always got that young talent coming through. Um, I don't think they've ever had a bad season, so I'll never discount them out of the top five. We then go on to Canberra United, who are going to be managed this year by Vicky Linton. Um, and quite a few changes that have occurred here. The ones that have um, that have left in particular, three girls off to the Western Sydney Wanderers who are regulars of the NPL New South Wales competition in Bianca Galli, Claire Hunt and Ashley Croft. Yeah, that's a bit of a loss um, for them going. But, um, I'm excited about Alira Toby, see what she can do at Canberra United. Um, and Michelle Heyman, you can, never, um, you can never stop scoring goals, can you? Oh, absolutely not. The second top goal scorer last year, she was dynamic once again. And she, she just seems at home at, in Canberra. Yeah, oh, she loves Canberra, and Canberra is a great place. I mean, I, I spent seven or eight years playing there, um, played for the team myself before it was Canberra United. Uh, so they've always got a, a place in my heart, Canberra United. The other player, obviously, to mention, Nicoletta Flannery, um, the the strike partner for Michelle Heyman. They, they, they do so well together. Uh, in that lineup, a couple of other players to mention who are, who are coming, going to be stepping in. Chloe Middleton, who's moved across from the Western Sydney Wanderers. Holly Caspers from Sydney University, from Sydney University. Alexia Karastal. Now, this is a young player who came up through Sydney Olympic and was part of that squad that got promoted a couple of years ago. And they've really established themselves in a powerhouse in NPL New South Wales. They've now got players going into the A-League women. So it'll be fascinating to see what happens. This squad is, is looking quite strong, I think. Yeah, it is. Um, I don't know who their first goalkeeper is, but they've got Michaela Vidmar, who's who's an exciting talent. Um, 
Um, I hope she gets a game so we get to see what she's got. Well, the other goalkeepers they've got in line there are Keely Richards and um, one of the players they've signed up, Beth Mason-Jones from Alamein United in MPL Victoria. I'm tipping them as the team that's going to make the move. They're going to climb up. I've got them finishing in the top three and the team that is most likely to move into the top three from out of it. Excellent. Sounds exciting. (laughs) Absolutely. We then move on to team number four. It is Melbourne City, managed by the old war horse himself in Rada Vidasic. Uh, he's been around in football forever and a day. Plenty of changes, again, that have, that have happened in, in this lineup here. And to mention in particular two players that have moved on to start off with, Tegan Allen, who's moved to the Western Sydney Wanderers, and one of our favourites, and really the fairy tale story from last year, Raleigh Dobson, who announced her retirement. Yeah, that was a great story, wasn't it? Watching Raleigh get engaged on TV. Uh, yeah, she she is a fantastic talent uh, that probably could have had more time in the Matildas had things gone differently. Um, so she's a big loss for them. Um, but they've still got quite a few amazing players in Emma Checker. Barbieri looks like she might be starting in goals this year, depending on what the other keeper is like. Um, and it'd be really good to see Rebecca Stott back. I hope she's she's healthy and fit, and um, I'm excited to see her back on the field. Of course, the players coming in this year, we've already mentioned Caitlin Torpy and Letitia McKenna coming over from Brisbane Raw. A few other players picked up from that New South Wales Institute squad. Darcy Malone and Holly McNamara picked up from NPL, from the Football New South Wales Institute. I'm curious as well about Rihanna Policina who's come over from the Newcastle Jets. It seems like Melbourne City are looking to try and solidify their their team with a lot of defenders, and I'm just wondering if they've gone too hard at trying to structure this team from the back. Uh, yeah, you could be right. Um, but Rihanna Policina, she, she's a good attacking midfielder. Uh, I don't know much about the other two coming from the NPL, but like I said before, the NPL players are always very strong, very fit and fast, and they, they bring a lot to any team. Um, yeah, I hope they're not too defensive. We don't want boring. We, we definitely don't want boring there. Um, but, you know, Melbourne City, unlike the unlike their men's equivalent squad, never really have kicked on. And when you consider that this is a, a squad that sort of, you know, has all of these resources right behind them, you'd think they'd be able to sort of make a big name for themselves in terms of what they can throw at some of the players. It just hasn't happened for them. And I'm not sure whether it's something to do with the culture down there or the fact that they've they've thrown everything towards the men and sort of just left the women out to dry. But it just seems like something's not quite right with Melbourne City. Um, Possibly in the last year or so, but they had a good four or five years where they were the team to beat, where they had all the good players. They had all the money, all the resources, great facilities. Um, as you said, like uh, they had it all going for them, and they were very hard to beat. Uh, but they've lost a lot of players over the years, mainly overseas, and a lot of our Matildas are not playing there anymore. Uh, so interesting to see them have to build from the ground up rather than using that money to bring all the talent in. I've got them finishing bottom three. I think this is a rebuild season for, for Melbourne City, especially given, as you said, the number of players you have left over the last few years. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they go about it. The one thing I can see from this team is I, I get the feeling there's going to be a lot of draws out of this team. There's going to be like nil or one all draws. It's going to be very tough, very physical style of play. Um, they're going to be led, led well. I think Emma Checo, as you said, and Melissa Barbieri will have this team humming along and going, going through the motions quite nicely. But just that creative spark, I don't think Policina can do it all on her own. No, look, I agree. I think last year they had a, had a terrible season and, and I think this year they are still rebuilding and I don't really think that anyone they've brought in that I can see is going to bring too much for them. We then move to our last team before the break. It is Melbourne Victory, who are managed by Jeff Hopkins. They finished third last year. They ended up champions coming from third place. I think the first team in the A-League women's or the, w, the old W League to have done it. And... Unlike a lot of the other squads in the women's competition, very quiet, relatively speaking, in terms of the transfer side. We start with the players who have left. Angela Beard, off to Fortuna, Horing in Denmark. Anna Lee Long, who has been released. But the, obviously the big one from this 
And the player who has really captured the headlines over the last couple of weeks, Lisa Devana, announcing her immediate retirement. Yeah, look, no surprises really that this team is is not seeing many changes. That's generally what happens after you have a, a, a grand final winning team. Nobody wants to leave. They want to experience that again. Um, so, yeah, big story with Devana leaving, uh, retiring. And it'd be interesting to see how this team is without her, whether she was, you know, the key that made them so good last season. I couldn't see a lot of reason why they were performing so well. I was quite surprised they did that well. Um, but also good to see Courtney Nevin um, experiencing something out of Sydney and getting some football down in, in Melbourne, see how she goes. Well, with Devana, you had a player who, you know, even I would say probably not the prettiest in terms of her skill, but a work ethic and a commitment on the field that, is hardly ever matched. Yes, there were some, you know, there have been some accusations and comments about sort of her conduct off the field sometimes, but there can be absolutely no doubt in terms of her ability on the field and the fact that no matter where that ball went, you could be guaranteed that Devana would only be a matter of metres away. Oh, absolutely. That um, She's got that sort of loose cannon thing going with you can't, you don't know what you're going to see off the field, but on the field, that sort of fire in her belly is what um, what creates attacking um, goals in, in this game. And it's very, very good for a team to have someone like her who's on, when she's on fire, she can create goals on herself and she can also inspire the girls around her to play better and she can create a lot of uh, forward play for this team. There is a... Um... A couple of other players who have come in, Alan Mur- Alan, Alana Murphy, I should say, sorry, is a free agent. Casey Dumont, who makes her return from a long-term injury. She missed last year because of a knee injury. Harriet Withers from Melbourne City. But we shouldn't discount the players already in place there. Gabe Marzano, Kyra uh, Cooney-Cross, the American Catherine Zimmerman, uh, Melinda Barbieri as well. This is a team that's got plenty of talent all over the park. And you see them as a genuine title contender again this year. Yeah, I think particularly given they're they're largely unchanged, I definitely think they'll be in the top four again this year and um, be challenging for the title. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, with that, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we are going to go on with part two of the preview for the 2021-22 A-League women's season. This is Splinters, the bench podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, TuneIn and all good podcast sites. Of course, we do it all for Atlas Chartered Accountants, the Hornsby Karingai Post, the Hornsby RSL and ISC Sports. We'll be right back. It's time for the crew to catch their breath. We'll be back after this short break. Hornsby RSL Club, your perfect place to catch up with friends and family. With dining options ranging from modern Australian favourites in the courtyard, authentic Asian cuisine from Keku, or delicious wood-fired pizzas from Level 1, there is something for everyone to enjoy. Join us weekly for entertainment activities such as trivia, meat raffles, bingo and free live music, or grab some tickets to see one of our first-class entertainment acts in the showroom. Thinking of holding an event? Let our friendly events team guide you through every step to create the perfect event for any occasion. Visit our website at hornsbyrsl.com.au for further details. Hornsby RSL Club, proud sponsors of Triple H. Want to look your sporting best on and off the field? Then make sure you get kitted out with ISC Sport Teamwear. ISC Sport are Australia's leading name in custom sports uniforms with a wide range of sportswear tailored to your team's needs. 100% Australian-owned and fully customisable. ISC Sport cover all four winter codes and cricket, basketball, netball and hockey as well as training and outerwear, ensuring you look the part when representing your community. As Don Rizzuto would say, look sharp and play pretty with ISC Sport. Visit their website, iscsport.com, for more information. ISC Sport, official clothing partners of Triple H 100.1 FM. Streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au. 
Bowling is back in Hornsby. The Attic offers a 10-pin bowling experience like no other, with Australia's first ever augmented reality scoring experience that will take your game to a whole new level. With a selection of traditional and custom-built arcade games, the Attic Entertainment Precinct is complete with a bar and lounge area to keep you entertained for hours. Specialising in kids' parties and celebrations, the Attic at Hornsby RSL Club is perfect for your next special event. Whether it be an afternoon out with the kids or a night out with friends, it will be an unforgettable occasion that will bowl you and your guests over. Visit our website, theattichornsby.com.au, for more information. The Attic, proud sponsors of Triple H. Do you think the government deserves more of your hard-earned money? If not, make sure you talk to Atlas Chartered Accountants. Atlas Chartered Accountants makes sure the money you earn stays in your pocket through legal tax planning strategies, from finding that last tax deduction to tax-effective business structures for asset protection purposes so you can invest in what really matters, your family and business. Visit their website at ihatetax.com.au. Atlas Chartered Accountants. They are dedicated to you and dedicated Station sponsors of Triple H 100.1 FM. Welcome back to Splinters, your no holds barred sports podcast. Welcome back to Splinters, the bench podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, TuneIn, and all good podcast sites. Of course, we do it all for Atlas Chartered Accountants, the Hornsby Coringai Post, the Hornsby RSL, and ISC Sports. Anthony the Bull Caruso here with our special guest, Gillian Foster, the former Matilda and Central Coast Mariner. And we're previewing this season's A-League Women's Competition in what is now an expanded competition. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, 10 teams in the competition this year. We've already gone through half-time. We're now on to the second half of the competition, and we're going to kick on now with team number six in alphabetical order. It is the Novocastrians, the Newcastle Jets, and of all the teams that I thought would have potentially dropped out of the competition altogether due to financial struggles this would have been it, and I'm absolutely amazed, first off, that the Newcastle Jets are still alive. The Newcastle Jets, yes. <laughs> Looks like they've got a fairly um, unchanged squad with, uh, uh, in terms of new signings. Um, they haven't really brought in anyone very exciting. What can you see, Anthony? I, I can only see two players of mine um, that have sort of come in. first, But they're not big big names in, in that regard. They're handy players. They've sort of lost more than they've gained. Um, the two players that they've lost first off, obviously mentioned Tessa Tamplin, who's gone to Savet in Sweden, and Rihanna Policina, who's gone to Melbourne City. In terms of players that have come in, we've already mentioned Sonny Franco, who's come, come down from the Brisbane Raw, joining a lot of her um, teammates from Manly United last year. The other one is a very exciting talent that I, that I did get the chance to see last year in Kirsty Fenton. Uh, very, fairly stocky in terms of her stature, but a very physical player on the field and one that could cause uh, a few headaches for opposition players. Yeah, Kirsty's quite young, isn't she? But um be good to see what she can do at the next level. Um, she's come through their Emerging Jets program. Um, and yeah, just looking at their team, it's, it's really a, um, a lot of talent out of the NPL, um, that I don't see doing a whole lot. The only thing for them would be that they've played a lot together, these girls. Um, and is this the year where it just clicks for them? And sometimes that, that team mentality really can bring uh, a squad through and they might have a breakout season. Well, you mentioned about a lot of these girls having played together for a number of years. Certainly when I look through this lineup, this is basically Manly United in some way, shape or form in the A-League women's, the likes of Chloe O'Brien, of Tara Andrews, Sophie Harding, who used to play there, Sonny Franco who's joining, Nicole Simonson, who's, who's come into the lineup as well. This is very much a, a W-League Lineup, and um, the only player I've, I've noticed who's not there at the, not in this squad at the moment, is Sophie Nenanovic, who is actually a Newcastle native. Yeah, I'm not sure what's happened with her. She's not on the list. Um, they've also got a few other players, like Alicia Bass, who had a few years over in the college system in the US. 
she's a handy player. And Evelyn Crone is also out of the NPL um, from Sydney. She's a fantastic player. Um, and the, the goal scorer, Tara Andrews, you can never stop her scoring goals. So I, I think it'd be interesting to see what they do. Um, I don't wouldn't guarantee them any sort of top five position, but they could be a surprise. The thing for mine with this team is that if you put this team together in NPL, I think they blitz the competition. Absolutely. They absolutely blitz it. Can they make that step up into the A-League women's? Because this, this, this has the feel of one of those teams that it's, it's a very good cohesive unit, but they're just lacking that, that touch of class someone a step above who can help to drive them to the next level. Yeah, often that's what you need is that one player that comes in, you know, Elisa Devanna that just inspires and just lights the fire in, in players um, to take them to the next level. But as I said, it, it could just be the fact that they've got a lot of football together and they just they just gel and, and pick each other up themselves. Unfortunately, I've got this team in the bottom three. I, I think it's going to be a two-horse race to avoid the wooden spoon with our next squad. I think it's that lack of lack of, of class up top that's going to prevent them. But I see them improving on last year considerably, especially considering that last year for them was actually quite disrupted, especially towards the end of the season when they got stuck in Queensland because of the COVID situation. Oh, right. I didn't even know about that. But, yeah, that, that would have been quite disruptive. Oh, we, we were supposed to have Chloe O'Brien join us. For, to preview NPL Women's last year, and she wasn't able to do so because she was stuck in a hotel in um, north of Newcastle while on um, on quarantine because of the outbreak that happened in Brisbane. Oh no, <laughs> poor Chloe. Oh poor Chloe. <laughs> you know, they're, 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 we, we love her, and you know, there are times you just want to give her a cuddle and just go, everything's okay, everything's okay. <laughs> yep, she's like my little sister, Chloe. <laughs> Oh, we, we do miss her. We do miss her. We're going to have to get her on at some point. Uh, we then move on to Perth Glory, managed by Alexander Epakis, who finished ninth and last last year. And every now and then we see an A-League or a men's or women's team that decide that what they need to do is they need to blow a team up and start again. Now, Perth haven't done that. Instead, they decided, well, this isn't working. We need to work out what works. So we're going to go and get everything and see what sticks. It does look like that. It looks like they've just thrown a whole lot in their hand and they're just throwing it at the wall and, as you said, seeing what sticks. Uh, It'll be interesting to see how their their first few weeks of pre-season go and and what comes out through the colander and what sticks. Um, Oh, absolutely. I mean, the filter is going to be working overtime on this. It's probably going to need a couple of clean clean outs in that regard. Let's not beat around the bush with this team. (laughs) <laughs> Perth Glory used to be a powerhouse in the women's competition until Sam Kerr went to England. Since that moment, they have really struggled. Oh, look, to be honest, I think the only reason they ever did very well was, was particular players they had. They had Sam Kerr, they had Lisa Devanna for a while, um, and that's when they were powerhouses. But I, I, don't, I don't see them doing very well this year at all. The two players that then lost on top of that as well, Malia Steinmetz to the Western Sydney Wanderers, Lily Alfield to, to the Wellington Phoenix, who we'll get to a little bit later on. But the players they've gone, they've basically gone and pillaged from the East Seaboard. Uh, a couple of names here in particular we should mention because they are quite strong in the in the um, Sydney competition. Uh, Susan Fongsongkam originally with the New South Wales Institute, then came through Sydney Olympic, absolutely brilliant up front, got snapped up by the Western Sydney Wanderers and has now made her way across the country to Perth Glory. Yeah, good luck to her over there. I I hope this is a good move for her and we can see um, what she's got. Uh, The Wanderers um, did have a whole lot of young players, so they probably won't miss her too much. But, um, yeah, it'd be good to see what she can do and also... um, Demi Kulazakis from Cambria United is also a former NPL player from Sydney. Uh, Courtney Newborn also moving over from the Western Sydney Wanderers along with Aidan Keane. They're going to be joining one of their old team, uh, two of their old teammates in Patricia Shara Lambos and Deborah Andela Harp, who already made the move across the uh, the country there. So despite this being a Perth glory, it's starting to get a bit of an extra New South Wales feel about it. 
Three players who have come from over, uh, two players who have come from overseas. Mielef Jans from Vitsor in Sweden, the Danish player. And Sarah Hitzen coming over from Valer. She is coming back home. But again, it's just, there's, there's names there, but are there names that will take them forward? My sense is no. And to be perfectly honest, I'm seeing this season potentially becoming an absolute disaster because they're going to be spending the best half of a year trying to work out what this squad actually needs to look like. Yeah, on paper that seems to be the story, and that is the worry um, that they haven't got their their team sorted yet. Um, possibly they've just got a larger squad to to finalise the last few players. Hopefully that's the story. Um, I'm excited that um, Kim Carroll's back in Perth Glory. Always good to see her in in the not the W League but the A League women. Uh, she's a fantastic defender. And um, Patty Sharambulus, how do you say it? Cheryl Ambus. She, she's from the NPL and she's a gutsy little player. She's good. I, um, it, it's going to take a couple of years to, to rebuild up and just to see why the, why they need to sort of take on the way that they, that they, let me start that again. It's going to take them a couple of years to work out what the image of this team is going to be here. It's going to be quite a lot of work to do. What do you see? Because originally they were very much two up front, almost an enveloping midfield around the likes when they had Kerr and Devana. What do they reshape them themselves? And do you see one or two plays that they could build a team around from this almost smorgasbord of players? Oh, I think that's that's their problem. I, I don't know what sort of shape they're going to use for this team and, and how that's going to take shape. Um Unless one or two of those those overseas players might be a talent, um, often those players coming in, if they are good, uh, they can build the team around them. That's happened over the years with the American players that have been brought in. They've really helped shape some of some of the uh, stronger teams in this competition over the years. And you don't see that anymore now because a lot of the American players are now either choosing to stay in the US or they're getting snapped up over to Europe, uh, and that's also dealing with the issues around what is going on with regards to COVID. Yeah, that's true. Um, hopefully COVID won't stop the talent coming into our country because we need it to build. Players like Kendall Fletcher that that have really been um, vital in building this competition to the strength that it is now. We then move on to Sydney FC, the reigning premiers of the competition, finishing first in the league, got to the grand final, losing out to Melbourne victory, a relatively, relatively speaking, quiet transfer, and I mean relatively speaking in regards to Sydney FC, who have been known to chop and change the team like you wouldn't believe, but it is a lot more settled this year around. Only a couple of players leaving. The big, the two big players that I've noted in particular who have left the team, their captain, Teresa Polias, and we wish her the very best of luck as she looks to try and start a family, and Claire Wheeler, off to Fortuna Horing in Denmark. Yeah, look, I think Claire's the biggest loss there because losing Teresa for a year, they probably could have coped by using Claire Wheeler to fill that gap. But with, with her loss as well, I think um, they may struggle a little bit with, with guidance on the field. Maybe um, Maria Jose Rojas can bring that to the team. I know she brings um, a lot of attacking flair, but does she bring the leadership? I don't know her on the field at all, so I don't know about that. And Ellie Brush, at the moment, looks like she can only lead from the sideline. Yeah, uh, un- unfortunately, the, with the knee injury. Yeah, the good thing for them is that Nat Tobin really has stepped up in the last couple of years. I have to say she was a fairly average and, and unexciting player for many years, but she last year I watched her play in particular and was very impressed with, with her composure and, and her growth in football and I think she can probably take the captain's reins quite easily now. They have signed some players coming in. Sarah Hunter coming across from the Western Sydney Wanderers. Uh, Jessica Nash and Paige Satchel from Canberra United. Very handy players. Maria Jose Rojas, as you mentioned, from Adelaide United. The two I'm, I'm intrigued about are the two players who have come up from NPL New South Wales, former teammates as well, Carly Johnson and Claudia Sholakian. Yeah, very exciting for uh, Manly to have another player into the um, into the A League women. Uh, Carly Johnson, be good to see how she goes at the next level. And Claudia Chalaki, and we know um, her quality talent from playing at Manly as well. Um, 
she switched to Sydney Olympic, um, and it'll be good to see her in in the Blues. I believe. Well, we we all know that she is the better Shalakian. Let's face it; she's done what her brother couldn't do, as far as I'm concerned. And Brendan, if you're listening in, how are you doing? Um, <laughs> but uh, no, she's a wonderful talent, and, and it has to be said as well. Probably one of the the nicest people you'll meet off the field as well, young Claudia. Yeah, look, all the girls from Manly, I've got to say, are, are nice girls. Um, that's probably been their, their biggest fault is that they're a bit too nice. But once they step up, they learn very quickly that that, that won't get you everything. <laughs> Anyone that goes into this Sky Blue team uh, generally gets gets a bit of mongrel with them. Um, Allie Green has gone so well over the last few years, and I'm happy to see that she stayed uh, in the Sky Blue. I'd hate to see her play anywhere else. And as always... Um, in goals, Wyman is is fantastic talent, and uh, she was very unlucky not not to be able to save them from the loss in the grand final. That was bitter bitter grand final for them that I really thought they were going to win. There's a, well, first off, we need to say congratulations to Jada Matheson Wyman, who has been snapped up by the Matildas. Now we hope she does get her opportunity uh, in the near future. Always as a, as a mem- fellow member of the Keepers Union, it's always very special seeing a new goalkeeper getting promoted as well. We back each other up all the time. Um, but this team is built around the strike power up front and what talent there is with now having signed in Maria Jose Rojas, They've got Remy Simpson, they've got Courtney Vine, they've got Princess Abini. They now add Carly Johnson and Paige Satchwell to this lineup. I can see goals in this team. I could see plenty of them as well. Yeah, look, if they can keep their back line solid, I don't think anyone's going to be able to stop this team, to be honest. Um, Remy and Courtney up front and, and just adding in Rojas, fantastic. Like, Who's going to stop them scoring goals? I don't think anyone can. I see this team almost playing a Triquista style, having Courtney Vine and Remy up front, having Maria playing in behind them as a number 10. And when you've got Carly and Princess either coming off the wing or coming off the bench, there's plenty of options. Yeah, absolutely. I think Ante would be rubbing his hands together right now and laughing. I think he's got it all all in front of him, and I think they're going to do very well this team, and I, I don't think they'll be able to be beaten. Don't, don't you love that line, having selection problems like this is a good problem to have? <laughs> That'd be great as a coach, yes. Oh, you would absolutely love it. Let's move on to the new team in the competition, the Wellington Phoenix, on debut this year, managed by Gemma Lewis. And they've entered for the first time this year, signing, starting up with four players from the Northern Lights, two from Canterbury United, two from Waikato, uh, really, this is a team that they're looking to try and build from the ground up locally, and to be honest, probably doing it the right way as well. Yeah, absolutely, and that's what we want from this team. We don't want our players heading across and um, and joining this team. We want to see what New Zealand's got, and, and that's probably what they want to do, and that, that'll be a, a strength for them, for their national team, to be able to put, um, put a whole team together uh, into this competition, this very strong um, A-League women competition. It's only going to be great for... for for the football ferns. Um, honestly, I don't know a lot about this team at all. Don't know a lot about their coach. I think they added another three players in the last few days. So they're slowly building up their team and it'll be good to see what they've got. The culture of, of football for women in New Zealand has been one that sort of had been for a while left on the wayside because, of course, the premier women's sports team for a long time was netball. Uh, we're now starting to see not only uh, rugby building up off the back of the uh, the men's All Blacks team, but we're now starting to see the women's team building building up, originally off the back of the All Whites performances at the 2010 FIFA World Cup. But that New Zealand women's team now have now been to a couple of World Cups themselves. They're standing on their own two feet, and it's, it's a positive move to see the Phoenix now entering into the A-League women's and could we see this now kick on to something bigger for football in New Zealand? Yeah, quite possibly. It's it's exciting for them. And as I said, definitely an advantage for their national team. The only question I'll then have is, would they be so clever as to try and aim to stack this Wellington team with as many New Zealand internationals as possible? Or do you try and build this up so that it becomes an extra breeding ground for players into the national team? Yeah, interesting question because uh, there's sort of no reason 
for them not to stack their team. Um, but as you said, also an opportunity to, to some of the younger players emerging into their team some quality quality game time. Let's move on to the last team in the in the competition, the Western Sydney Wanderers, managed by Catherine Canoli. Of course, this is one of the first off. This is one of the other significant managerial changes this year. Uh, former manager Dean Heffernan has resigned and has now been replaced by Catherine Canoli, former Matilda head coach and former assistant to Heffernan. Yeah, very interesting and, and great for Canoli to get her first um, go in, in the Women's A-League. I think she's very well. She's a very smart girl um, and she'll use everything she's got in every minute of the day to, to build her team and to uh, work out what she's going to do with this with this season. Um, I'm very excited by this team. Last year they were they had hints of being good at the beginning of the season, but just uh, they're just a, bit, a little bit too young uh, across the field. Almost they almost look like they were in kindergarten. Just watch when I went and watched them play live. They're very young players, but very talented and interesting to see how they they've grown over this year. Um, Briley Henry, as we've seen, has been brought in by the Matildas. Um, so interesting to see if that that confidence. Um, will be good for her going into this A-League season. Again, a, a team made up of a lot of players from NPL New South Wales. Um, you know, going through this lineup, Libby Copas Brown, Georgia Yeoman Dale. Absolutely. By the way, I've got to say, absolutely brilliant to see that she that her uh, potential media career is now starting to take off. Rosie Galea, Isabel Gomez, Lena Carmas. Um, they now bring in uh, Bianca Gallic, Claire Hunt, Ashley Crofts. Uh, Sham Karmas and Malia Steinmetz into this lineup. It's got very much a local feel, and, and it, with probably the exception of Libby Copas Brown, it's a very Western Sydney Wanderers feel. You, like the vast majority of these players are born and bred out in the west of Sydney, and we know what the mentality out in Western Sydney when it comes to football can be like sometimes. Very tribal. Yeah, absolutely. It's do or die in the in Western Sydney, and. Uh... Bringing Tegan Allen in is a good move from them because they've lost Courtney Nevin to Melbourne Victory. She's a big loss for them at the back. And I would have thought without bringing in somebody tough like Tegan, uh, that could have led to them leaking goals. Um, yeah, not not a whole lot of superstars, I wouldn't say, but uh, not a whole lot of gaps in talent either. Not a lot of um, weaknesses around the field. Very strong uh, coming from the NPL. All those players that you mentioned, Copas Brown, Yeomandale, Proven at the at the the level below, and can they step up and, and push this team to a to a higher position this year? Last year, I think they came sixth. Um, you know, maybe to push for top five would be their aim. Obviously, this year. And one of the, one of the great things we see from the Wanderers Club is the support that they get because I think more than any other team, say maybe Sydney FC in the A League Women's, the support that they get for their matches is absolutely amazing. And I still have memories of a few matches where the red and black block just march out in force to come down and watch the girls play. Uh, and there have been days where I think they've ended up with, at, at a, you know, say Sydney United or a Belmore sports ground. And they've got five, 6,000 people. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, you heard me right. Five, 6,000 people. To, the, to some of these matches, it was absolutely awesome to see. Yeah, that's brilliant, and that's what Wanderers have brought to the, to the A-League men's and, and now to the A-League women's is their um, supporters. They've been fantastic since day dot, um, bleeding red and black, and be good to see um, if that just keeps on building the momentum that that can build the A-League women's um, competition itself, not just one team. You know what? You know what has to happen this year, and I'm sorry, it absolutely has to happen. There needs to be a, either a double header or a, a triple header when Sydney FC and the Western Sydney Wanderers play two, maybe, or all three playing at Olympic Stadium once again. Could you imagine the game day experience you could get out of that? There's no way I would miss that. That would be awesome. And I hope they start to do that because that would really, really lift, lift this, this competition to where it should be. Well, I remember going to one of the early ones of the Sydney Derby when they did move it to the Olympic Stadium for the first time. And I think they said they had 68,000 people turn out for it. Granted, two-thirds of the stadium was red and black. Uh, but, you know, obviously we had the last laugh with Sydney FC winning 4-0. But the noise in that stadium was 
deafening. <laughs> yeah, it's always a good experience going to the Sydney Derby, and and of course I go for the Sky Blues myself. Um, but I've got family that go for the Wanderers, and and I think it's only been positive having the two teams in Sydney, and and now three teams. Uh, just just that comp is what what builds uh, the rivalry, I guess, between the fans. What builds the competition and, and builds the strength of, of the merchandising and and the the value of, of football in this country. Before we go, a quick a quick question as well about um, the the expansion of this competition. We've now seen it come out to ten teams with the introduction of the Wellington Phoenix. It is expected we're going to see the Central Coast Mariners then enter next year or the year after, which will bring it to eleven teams, and then the discussion is going to be. Team number twelve. Now, where do they go? Where do they go from here? Do we see Macarthur FC enter into the women's competition, or do we see another team from elsewhere come in? Especially given the fact that you know there were discussions about whether the Macarthur Rams were going to make the step up, and their answer has been a very emphatic no. <laughs> Look, I think um, Sydney obviously has like an embarrassing uh, amount of talent, and they can spread it to other teams around the competition. Um, but I think that actually still needs to be done. So I, I'm saying second team from Brisbane would, would be a better idea. They've got a, a lot of talent up there and, and they could probably spread it to two teams. This, this, is, the interesting, this is the interesting thing as, in as well because no one's been talking about a second team in Brisbane and, and the reason why is because I think they're still scared about the Gold Coast United experiment that occurred. Yeah, true. That was a bit of a disaster, but... Um, no, I think Brisbane can field another team easily. All right. Well, yeah, there we are, ladies and gentlemen. Let's let's see if uh, team the next team that comes along after the Mariners could well be uh, from a second team in Brisbane. That is full time here on Splinters, the Bench Podcast on Triple H one hundred point one FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com. Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, TuneIn, and all good podcast sites. Before we go, a special thanks to former Matilda, Gillian Foster. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, hope you have enjoyed the experience. And who knows, we might have you on our sh- either on our main show on the Friday night or maybe calling some women's football game in the not- games in the not-too-distant future. Uh, you never know. Um, yeah, it's been great to be on the show and um, been interesting to have a have a, a really good look through the teams before the season starts. I've never really done that before, and I think I'll be a lot more interested to watch um, watch the season progress, having had a good look through the teams. Thank you very much, there, Gillian. On behalf of Gillian Foster, my name is Anthony Caruso. Run hard or run home. Good night. Thank you for joining us for Splinters, your no-holds-barred sports podcast. You can also find us streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcasts.com and all good podcast and streaming sites.